Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fried. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we'll set out to answer this question. How is the trucking industry approaching the continual issue of truck parking? As simple as this problem sounds, finding a safe, accommodating parking space is a complex and stressful experience. It's an issue that brings financial and productivity concerns for fleets, as well as safety worries for drivers. The trucking industry has been addressing this issue using research, technology, and proposed legislation. And we'll talk to Transport Topics reporter Eugene Malero to discuss the congressional actions on this issue later. But first, Let's bring our first guest to speak upon the origins of this issue and what is being done on the industry side with American Transportation Research Institute President Rebecca Brewster. Welcome to Road Signs, Rebecca. Thanks for having me on today, Michael, to talk about really one of my favorite topics and certainly one that we have been very actively involved in uh, the course of my career at Atri, quite frankly. Glad to have you on, Rebecca. In the 2020 Top Industry Issues Report, truck parking was ranked third on that list. But for drivers specifically, truck parking was the number one concern. And basically, Rebecca, why is it such a concern? Well, it, at the end of the day, it's simply a supply and demand issue. We, we don't have enough spaces in the places we need them at the times we need them for when commercial drivers need to get their rest. And on the Top Industry Issues survey, we saw truck parking show up for the first time in the top 10, that is, in the 2012 survey. And it, it steadily climbed up in ranking uh, to, in 2020, it reached its highest ranking overall as the number three issue overall. But again, as you point out, it's the number one issue among commercial drivers. And it, it's interesting, Michael, I, I, I said I've been working on this topic since I started on this job. I remember in the early 90s, when I came on board, one of the first studies I participated in as a staffer was to look at the lack of available truck parking. So this is a multi-decade uh, issue that the industry has been dealing with. And certainly over the years, as, as we've seen changes to the hours of service rules, that has had an impact on available parking because it, it, it dictates when drivers are taking that rest, how much of a rest they're having to take. Uh, but at the end of the day, again, it's it's really a supply and demand issue, and there simply are not enough spaces in the places where we need them. And I say in the places where we need them. Um, we've done a number of research studies on the lack of available truck parking, and clearly there are areas of this country where truck parking is particularly challenging to find. And in a lot of instances, those are around major metropolitan areas where land prices are high. There is high population density, so there's a lot of demand for the things that come on trucks, but there are not enough places for trucks drivers to safely park and get their mandated rest. 
So typically you're saying that Chasm, when it comes to truck parking, is located sort of like in a, in a bustling suburb area. You know, maybe like, for instance, where we're at in the Washington, D.C. area, some the suburbs uh, outside of that, that's where the uh, truck parking issue would arise? Well, it, it, it really is everywhere. And I think about, so I'm based in Atlanta and I think about Interstate 75, which runs up through Atlanta, up towards Tennessee. And if you travel that corridor early in the morning, any day of the week, you're going to see between Atlanta, Georgia and Chattanooga, Tennessee on I-75 at every single interstate interchange where you can get off the interstate, you're going to see trucks parked on the entrance and exit ramps because there's not enough available parking. If there is a a truck parking area there, either a rest area or a private truck stop, those locations are full. And again, drivers tell us anecdotally, if they don't find a place to park by late afternoon, early evening, it becomes more and more challenging to find an available parking space because all of those available spaces are full. And so drivers are forced to park in spaces that are what we would call undesignated or unauthorized parking spaces like uh, shoulders and ramps. You know, it's it's odd that there's a problem when it comes to truck parking because spaces are full and they're crowded. And then added on to that is a pandemic that we were going through and have been going through for the, the last year or so. You know, how has COVID-19 uh, exasperated that, that problem and uh, what impact will it have during the pandemic recovery? Well, certainly early on, we identified in, in some research, some COVID impacts research we were doing in, in late March, early April of 2020. One of the questions we asked was what's happening with the truck parking situation? And what we found is about 44% of respondents to that survey, it was over 5,000 responses to that survey, said that truck parking had become somewhat harder or much harder to find. And that is primarily due to the fact that early on, a number of state departments of transportation closed their public rest areas. So we already have a, a very constrained parking system with not enough places for trucks to park And by closing those public rest areas, part of that capacity was carved out of the system. Now, those state DOTs did that because they were attempting to um, mitigate exposure of their employees who would work those facilities. Uh, But the flip side to that is we were told early on and repeatedly that uh, one of the ways to deal with COVID-19 was frequent hand washing, good personal hygiene, And so when you carve out bathroom facilities and and places for drivers to pull over and rest, it's really counterintuitive to to doing that. And and of course, it creates a safety issue for those drivers when they do not have a place to pull over and get their mandated rest. And so that was an early on lesson learned for the trucking industry and uh, the public sector as well at the State Departments of Transportation, that you simply can't close those facilities because uh, if, if anything else, COVID-19 really underscored for us how essential commercial drivers are because they were delivering everything that the rest of us who were sheltering in place need. And so we've got to keep those facilities open where they can pull over, use a restroom facility, uh, get their mandated rest, find something to eat, all things that become more of a challenge if you carve out some of the capacity in the system. Um, that's a great segue into what I wanted to talk about. We've we've been discussing on 
what the problems are and what those pain points are. Uh, Rebecca, let's let's turn to the solutions. You know, wh- what are some of the th- things that you're seeing initially as this problem of truck parking rised to uh, the top of this list? Wh- what are some of the things that truck companies are doing along with the truck stop property? Well, certainly there is a, a role for technology here. And, and as we've been uh, doing research with numerous state departments of transportation and, and local areas, it's been to figure out how to best deploy technology to improve the situation. Now, as we said at the top of this show, Michael, best thing would be is if we just had more capacity, more spaces. But better utilizing those spaces and better informing drivers through technology where spaces are available is a great first step. And we did research several years ago uh, where we asked drivers to keep a truck parking diary. And one of the things we learned is that drivers were giving up productive hours of driving because they were going to go ahead and park if they knew there was a spot available rather than risk going down the road and not being able to find a spot. And so on average, drivers were getting giving up about, in our research, about an hour of productivity every day. Take into consideration um, signs on the highway that tell a driver at an upcoming exit, there are six available spaces or there are no available spaces. And a number of states are doing this. That allows the driver to keep driving or to pull over if they know that the number of spaces are getting low and they're ready to stop, then they can pull in. Another way that that technology is being utilized is drivers can use an app. There are a number of apps available, truck parking apps, and Atri was involved with the American Trucking Associations and with NATSO, the truck stop operators, to develop one of these apps. And they all, uh, whether they're for a private truck stop or a a multi-group like the uh, Park My Truck app, they're all designed to provide drivers with updates on the number of available spaces so they can better plan their route and decide when they want to pull over and park. Rebecca, before I get you out of here, you know, Road Signs being a forward-looking show, uh, I would be uh, remiss to not ask you about the forward trends and the the future of the truck parking situation. Uh, Where do you see this? I'm asking you to put your analyst hat on, of course. Um, Where do you see this particular issue going in the next six to 12 months? I mean, there, there's, you know, there's been legislation proposed the last few months and you've spoken about the technology. Where do you see things heading? Well, certainly uh, we are all in the trucking industry eagerly awaiting uh, an infrastructure package out of uh, Congress and, and the White House. And, and I know that the trucking industry is eager to see included in that a carve out specifically for truck parking that would provide additional resources to improve uh, the capacity, to increase capacity and add more spaces. So, you know, that gets at that supply and demand issue. And then I think we need to see more deployment of these online or these real-time information systems that are alerting alerting drivers to available spaces. And I think a combination of having more spaces as well as providing that real time, and it has to be accurate and it needs to be real time and actionable uh, information to professional drivers so they can better manage their time on the road uh, and not have to spend what has been described to us by drivers in our research as one of their biggest stressors is is the time they spend and worrying about, am I going to have a safe place to park? And so I don't see this issue dropping out of the top 10 anytime soon, but I am hopeful that between 
additional funding for truck parking out of a, an upcoming author, a highway author, reauthorization, as well as greater deployment of real-time information systems and truck parking apps to better inform drivers where this is, that we will at least mitigate some of the concern and stress for drivers uh, as they look for a safe place to park. Rebecca, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for including me today, Michael. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a transport topic special report. We're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification. Welcome back to Road Signs. I'm your co-host, Michael Fries. Did you know when I'm not hosting Road Signs, I'm actually in charge of writing the Transport Topics Equipment and Maintenance Update? Soon, the Transport Topics Equipment and Maintenance Update, or EMU as we like to call it, will be going through some changes, and we want to invite input from listeners like you. And while the knowledge and expertise will stay the same, we want to pull it from the pages of the weekly edition and make it a standalone resource for fleet maintenance experts like you. So we're wondering, how can we build the best resource for you? To share your insight, complete the survey at ttn.ws slash equipment01. That's ttn.ws slash equipment01. We just spoke with ATRI President Rebecca Brewster about truck parking from the Industry Association's perspective. Now it's time to learn what Congress is doing to curb that issue with Transport Topics Congressional Reporter Eugene Malero. Welcome to Road Signs, Eugene. Good to be on, Michael. Thank you. All right, Eugene. Yeah, uh, the Truck Parking Safety Improvement Act that was introduced in Congress a few weeks ago. Can you tell us a little bit about those origins of, the, of that bill and, and the sponsors of that bill and, and what, what it's planning to do to uh, facilitate parking for commercial vehicles? Yes. Uh, so in this session of Congress, uh, Congressman Mike Bose, he's a Republican of Illinois, he is leading the effort in unveiling this legislation. He partnered with a chief co-sponsored Congresswoman Angie Craig. She's a Democrat of Minnesota. They have about uh, 20 or so co-sponsors, mostly on the Transportation Committee. And this is to primarily dedicate money from the Highway Trust Fund to state departments of transportation through five years uh, for a total of $750 million approximate, uh, with starting with $125 million for the first fiscal year uh, of the bill's enactment uh, up to completion when it reaches five years. And the point of this is to assess which state departments of transportation require or are requesting the most assistance to expand truck parking facilities. Uh, and this is obviously in uh, states that are uh, key corridors for the freight connectivity. So you're looking at places such as Iowa and you know other connecting hubs, 
typically in um, metropolitan areas, so the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, in the Southwest, and in you know, and like I said, in the in the Central Midwest. Uh, and this is um, Congressman Mike Bose has talked about this extensively, and his motivation is both personal and policy-wise. Personal because he says that he grew up in a trucking family and he recalls hearing stories of truckers having trouble finding parking and how that really affected their uh, you know, day-to-day -day operations. And he has taken that on the policy level and just you know, agreed with uh, not only fellow lawmakers, but industry stakeholders, and even the Department of Transportation, that there is a significant need to expand truck parking not only as a safety component, but also uh, regulatory in that having better access to truck parking would help many you know, uh, commercial drivers, truckers, uh, meet their hours of service uh, rules. So this bill has been introduced and is before the Transportation Committee awaiting consideration. Now, that idea that you had just expressed through Congress, you know, it, it sounds like a, you know, a very common sense bill. There has been bipartisan support. Can you talk a little bit more about that support and talk about the hurdles that's facing? Of course. So on the support, the Congressman Mike Bose has very extensive bipartisan backing in the House and in the Senate. In the House, the chairman of the Transportation Committee, Peter DeFazio of Oregon, has indicated that he will include the legislation in a broader highway policy bill that he's expected to consider sometime this summer. And on the Republican side, uh, you know, Mike Bose's caucus, the top Republican on the Transportation Committee, Congressman uh, Sam Graves of Missouri, he has included the some of the components of the truck parking bill in the Republican version of this highway policy bill. And just for emphasis, this highway policy bill is uh, supposed to reauthorize, that's a fancy word for update, the 2015 highway law, which is called the FAST Act. So there's a lot of support in the House to getting this done. Uh, some of the hurdles in the past just has been the price tag. $750 million over five years is a big ask uh, at the federal level, even though this is a very important uh, topic for not only the industry, but also for members of Congress. And on the Senate side, again, the transportation leaders, as well as the, as the chamber's leaders, you know, Senator Chuck Schumer uh, and Senator Mitch McConnell, they have expressed support for expanding truck parking. Now, exactly what that support will look like, we've yet to see because the Senate has yet to unveil their transportation highway bill. And then when you take a step back, previous, this current administration with President Biden and previous administrations have endorsed expanding uh, truck parking nationwide. And the, uh, the Obama administration took steps through regulation by uh, tasking the Department of Transportation 
to work with state departments of transportation on developing, on providing assistance for uh, state DOTs to expand their facilities. While this uh, did e help expand the capacity, uh, and you know, and the Federal Highway Administration says there's about 300,000 or so truck parking spaces nationwide. Uh, just a lot of stakeholders, industry stakeholders, such as American Trucking Associations, OIDA, and other groups, NATSO that represents truck stops, uh, they continue to point out that uh, there's a need for thousands and thousands of more truck parking spaces, which goes back to the need for this legislation. In times like these, it's crucial to stay informed. Transport Topics is offering all the information you need to make business decisions in these unprecedented times. And in the wake of the many event cancellations and group gatherings, TT ensures a virtual way to consume business content and conversation. To join the conversation and stay ahead of the news, follow Transport Topics on all social outlets or by visiting ttn.ws forward slash stay informed. Well, you were just explaining the, you know, the help of the the associations that are related to this bill and, and having their backing. And there's a lot of pieces and parts when it comes to this legislation. And with all of the other legislation that's coming down the pike, I mean, you, you have the overall infrastructure bill, uh, among other bills that have been in the mainstream news for some time now. How is this thing going to get passed? I mean, what's the outlook on this? I mean, will we will we be able to see a bill in the, in the next year or so? Or, or what's the timeline on this? That is a, a very good question in that the fact that there is so much support, you know, one wonders why this hasn't been enacted into law already. Uh, and that is because the previous um, just a little bit of background, the previous highway law was enacted in 2015. So there's been six years of not having a new highway bill. Um, so during that time, momentum has built on gaining broad bipartisan support for a legislation such as this one. And its prospects, just looking at the political climate in that both chambers of Congress and the White House are in the same political party, and there is uh, a deadline to authorize the current highway law. The current highway law expires in September, so Congress must present a new law to update that one before that deadline. So it's pretty much as you know, just looking at us as a political observer. The, planet, the planets have a line for this type of legislation to find its way toward enactment. Uh, with that said, there are some hurdles uh, legislatively in that the price tag, again, $750 million over five years. Again, while there's just a lot of support for that, you have certain members of Congress who are uh, self-proclaimed fiscal conservatives primarily in the Senate, who are expected to push back on the price tag. So they, you know, in the past, we've seen with similar legislation, 
that these uh, group of senators either shoot down these types of legislation or they call on leadership or the transportation policymakers to go back to the drawing board and present something that is scaled down. Uh, I'm thinking the latter scenario is more likely from the group of fiscal conservative uh, senators. Uh, but with that said, the chances are very high that there is going to be some sort of a support for uh, state DOTs when it comes to truck parking. I say that because just the bipartisan support in the House alone, the House is the most politically uh, active chamber, you know, so when you have the top Republican and the Transportation Committee uh, seeing eye to eye with the chairman who's a Democrat of the Transportation Committee on truck parking, that is just a really good sign that this is going to, you know, find its way toward enactment. And an another point is the just the massive amounts of support that stakeholders have uh, put behind this legislation. Uh, very recently, the president of American Trucking Associations uh, was before Congress, uh, Chris Beer, and he was talking uh, in support of this legislation before a Senate panel. Uh, you've had uh, the leadership at OIDA uh, working with members, explaining the need, reminding them of the need for additional uh, parking spaces. And you had the group ASHTO, which represents state departments of transportation. Um, they have a very uh, vast network of officials that deal with uh, their members of Congress and they have called for uh, such assistance when it comes to truck parking. And even, you know, everything that we saw during the pandemic, all the praise for the truck drivers, you know, that we saw out of the White House and out of congressional leaders, well, you know, truckers themselves are the ones who are complaining and, you know, posting stuff on Twitter, on social media, on YouTube, complaining about lack of parking spaces so members of Congress also hear directly from truck drivers. So the, again, uh, there is vast support to do something and there's very likelihood with you know, all this pressure on Congress that they're going to include either this legislation or something very similar in the upcoming you know, highway authorization legislation. You know, with the backing of the industry, of, of the trucking industry, and the, the bipartisan support of Congress, this should be a slam dunk, to, to, to use a uh, familiar phrase. Eugene, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, and thank you for making me smarter and making our audience smarter when it comes to truck parking and, and the efforts of Congress. Of course, my pleasure. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. How is the trucking industry approaching the continual issue of truck parking? First, a big thank you to Tree President Rebecca Brewster and Transport Topics reporter Eugene Malero for joining us in this episode. Both provided an encompassing view of what truck parking is and most importantly, what is being done about it. As Rebecca Brewster pointed out, the mystery of finding a reliable parking space, 
is multi-layered, and solving it requires, one, getting to the root of the problem, and two, coordination between fleets, truck stops, and government. Technology will continue to play a viable role in finding solutions and providing data to assist in any progress. Legislatively, and in this political landscape, oddly enough, truck parking presents itself as the rare bipartisan issue with the Truck Parking Safety Improvement Act in discussion. However, as encouraging as it sounds, there's still a lot of congressional wrangling before this is a done deal. Watch this space. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Science, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Science team or with me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.